Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your MC, your DJ, your host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Usually my co-host Wayne Fugate joins me on the podcast, but for this episode I have a very special guest who is going to join me. He owns Adam's DJ Service in the Seattle-Tacoma area. Most importantly, he is husband to Ellen and the proud father of Alyssa and Aiden. Please welcome to the podcast, Adam Teagues. Woohoo! All, all right, rock and roll. So welcome. Uh, I think we've got all of our uh, our uh, little technical problems uh, sorted out, right? Uh, we're about halfway there. I wish we had a better microphone, but well, we're okay. Well, I'm hoping for the magic of editing that is going to uh, occur after the fact, so... All right. Well, depends on how good of a master you are. Um, yeah, <laughs> a long hesitation on that one. All right. So to start out the podcast episodes, Wayne and I always ask each other the very important question. So, Adam, what T-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing my Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers shirt. Uh, got it at a concert a few years ago. I wanted to pay homage to one of the best rock and roll guys of all time who uh, left us last year. Yes, and it's and it's actually been I think this week it's been a year if I if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, rest rest in power, Tom. So I I am wearing a social distortion T-shirt. Uh, got to nice. got to see them open up for the Foo Fighters a few years ago. And um, so I have a SoCal SoCal T-shirt that uh, is an homage to uh, to where they're from. So social that's awesome. Social D and and Tom Petty and hey, since you brought up the Foo Fighters, I've got a little note for you. Okay, I just saw a little blurb with Dave Grohl was on some talk show with his mom. His mom just wrote a book about the ins outs of raising a rock star. Yes, and I have pretty awesome stuff i want to read that book i have seen a few clips of that and yes it definitely does look like an interesting read well thank you again for joining me on this episode i appreciate it no problem thanks for having me is there any bands or songs that you as a dj you just don't ever want to play i mean any that you just avoid playing you know I pretty much like to play everything that my clients want and the songs or artists they don't want, I do try to avoid. And unfortunately, sometimes that conflicts with some of the guest requests. So it's, uh, for me, I don't have any criteria. I enjoy all music. Uh, and this is your show. So, um, so, so. do you have, <laughs> do you have any artists that are cringeworthy for you? Like for me, it's the village people. <laughs> I guess it really depends on the event again, but I, you get the occasional Justin Bieber okay. request. Yeah. You just kind of shake your head. Right. Up. Right. Uh, I really don't like it when people request death metal opera or modern mumble rap uh, at events. I'm guessing that you get a lot of requests right now for that because it is kind of popular with the younger generation. Yeah. yeah. When they request even Drake or Kendrick Lamar, I kind of cringe. You know, and and speaking of really bad music and trying to get back on topic, so <laughs> y- if you go do a search for 
a very Merry Christmas to you by the Village People. It is, it is one of the worst songs I think that has ever been recorded. Yeah, I have to agree with you because I didn't even hear that song until you mentioned it yeah. in, in my notes here. So I really don't like that one. But how can you dislike Disco Santa? Uh, well, I guess we'll we'll get to that soon, right? <laughs> All right. I hope so. No. Yeah. Are we ready to talk about our lists? Let's let's do it. Let's let's do it, and uh, let's just say it has to be good music. Okay, uh, I think that there is some some good music at least on my list. I think there's a few things that are questionable on your list, but we'll we'll talk about those as the lists unfurl. <laughs> All right, cool. Before we go through the lists, I'm just going I'm just going to say that before anyone sends me texts to make fun of my list or tell me that I left something off of my list. You're right. I suck. I'm usually not the DJ for a Christmas party. Again, this is why I have Adam on the on the show. He can he can <laughs> tell me whether or not my picks are not proper Christmas party songs. You don't suck. Thank you, Ad. I think you're pretty awesome, actually. So uh, I'm ready for this. Let's do it. So let's start with my number 10. So my number 10, you're going to recognize this music as soon as you hear the sound clip. This is from the Vince Guaraldi trio. This is Linus and Lucy. Nothing says Christmas like watching the Peanuts Christmas special. Am I right? Oh, I love it. You got to love the Peanuts music. Vince is great. And I, I actually prefer the skating song, but Linus and Lucy has to get played as well. All right. Remind me what the skating song one is. Uh, it's, it's just an instrumental. But it's kind of a... It's got the okay. I mean, you can play it, it if you want. It to play sounds it. like I'm going to have to go back and 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 replay <laughs> that because uh, I, I don't do a very well, good job of that. You know, you you should hear me hear me sing on some of these episodes as well. So I don't really have anything else to say about Linus and Lucy. It's just one of those recognizable yeah. songs. May not be completely danceable. I mean. If you were to pl- if you were it to is. play this, would people get out and kind of do the the, the 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 peanuts dance? Well, to me, oh, and I'm thinking of skating. So skating is a waltz. Okay. Linus and Lucy just kind of I don't know what you'd call that, like a, a piano Billy or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm good with that. All right, tell me tell me what your yeah. number ten is. My number ten came in at. I had to have this one on here somewhere, but we'll start with number 10 of Backdoor Santa by Clarence Carter. They call me Backdoor Santa. 
I make my runs about the break of day. They call me back door Santa. I make my runs about the break of day. Oh, oh, oh. It's a very suggestive song. One of my favorites. I just, it makes me laugh. And the the beat, got a good beat. It gets down. It's funky. I don't know. What do you you think, Ben? Did you hear that one? I have actually heard this one. This, uh, and and I'll probably share this during our, our, on a later Christmas episode. Bon Jovi actually did a cover of Backdoor Santa. And it, and it was on oh, the original yeah. pressing of A Very Merry Christmas, <laughs> the uh, compilation album that came out in 1987. After the first mm-hmm. pressings, they removed it. I, I think maybe they realized that Backdoor Santa was not a, um, a, a festive song. Yeah, they weren't talking about a chimney no, alternative. No, no, no exactly. <laughs> they, they were talking... No, they were talking about... Yeah, never mind. So... <laughs> I, I knew I knew of Clarence Carter mostly from his other suggestive song called Strokin. Oh, who doesn't of course. know Strokin? Um, and that also, and that played it at least one wedding year. And that also has. Do you play? Do you play the 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 non single version where it talks about the um, well the the back door? I do believe so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> uh, kudos to you. To, to put this on your list. I mean, just for the line itself, I'm not like old St. Nick who only comes once a year. I mean, I mean, right. how, how can you not like that lyric? Well, Ben, as we get older, there, there's so much innuendo in music and it's, it's all about interpretation. So you take it any way oh, you want I'll, to. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> all right. Does your wife uh, know that? <laughs> <laughs> now look who's being suggestive. So let's go to my number nine song. This is James Brown. This is Santa Claus Go Straight to the Ghetto. Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Hitch up your reindeer uh. Go straight to the ghetto Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Fill every stocking you find The kids are gonna love you so uh, Leave a toy for Johnny Leave a doll for Mary Yeah, nothing says Christmas quite like James Brown, right? Uh, This comes from his album from 1968 called A Soulful Christmas. Um, It also includes some other great songs. Tit for Tat, No Talking Back was one of the the titles on that album. I just really love the line from James on this where he says, you know, tell him James Brown sent you. What doesn't say Merry Christmas, let's go shake our booty like a James Brown song? Yeah. I love that you picked another song from 1968. I don't know if you did that on purpose 
But uh, I noticed that we were back to back in that same uh, year. It, it, it was some good stuff. There was some good stuff from 1968. Matter of fact, weren't you born around that year? Uh, why Why are you trying to do that to me? <laughs> well, I was born in 76, so I think you were 68 or 9? I'm 69, yep. Yep, yeah. 69. So we weren't even born yet when these songs came right. out. Right, and and Clarence, Car- Clarence Carter would uh, do something suggest- suggestive with uh, the year that I just threw out. Yeah, maybe that's why you were conceived? Uh, Don and Sally were listening to Clarence Carter. I am, I am absolutely not going to ask that question. And I am absolutely sure they weren't <laughs> listening to Clarence Carter. No, and 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 you'll you, you'll you'll find out on a on a later episode what kind of music that my parents listened to. It was absolutely not Clarence Carter. So, yep. All right, tell me what your tell me what your number nine is. Well, number nine was Disco Santa Claus by the Village People, but you took that away from me. So we're gonna say. Disco Santa Claus, the version that the Raindolls did, I believe, in like 1980. Okay, I think, but yeah. Okay, let's because it's a good happy song. Let's let's give a good replacement. Let's give a listen. Yeah, you know, Adam, this sounds too much like a Village People song to me. <laughs> this is a way better version than the Village People version. Well, all I want for Christmas is no disco. <laughs> That's not what Mariah Kiss said. Right. Uh, well, what what do you know about the Rain Dolls? I will tell you this. I tried to find the Rain Dolls on Spotify it doesn't exist on Spotify, so you know if you want to listen to this song, you'll have to go on YouTube. YouTube, yeah, yep. So, given that, it's not going to be on the Spotify list that I'm creating for Adam and my my songs. I might have to put that in as a Spotify suggestion. Actually, why don't you not put it in as a Spotify suggestion, <laughs> and we don't have to add it to the playlist. <laughs> Okay, so so I don't take it you listen to the Disco Santa Claus Village People version. Uh, no, I, I you told me that the Rain Dolls did it, so I listened to the Rain Dolls version. Because <laughs> it's like here, let me tell you what it's like okay. at least. Okay, it's like Macho Man and YMCA had a version put together. They had a baby, and only it's Christmas lyrics. Yeah. Very danceable. Yeah, you know, and and I could see why you would want to put this on your list because you are you are absolutely trying to get people in the groove, trying to get them on the dance floor. This would probably get them on the dance yep. floor, but for me, this would absolutely cause a protest on my on my <laughs> part. This that if you played this, this is where I march off of the dance floor and I go find wherever the shrimp cocktail is. Yeah, there you go. So, there all right, go. number eight. I'm number eight. Uh, number eight yeah. is "Put a Little Love in Your Heart." I'm going to use the version by Al Green and Annie Lennox, and I'll and I'll tell you after I after I play this clip. Another rain goes by, and still the children cry. 
So this song was originally performed in 1969. Again, we're going we're going back to the late 60s. Um, Your birth year. Something. Um, yeah. So this is this was performed by Jackie DeShannon. Um, she had com- composed this with Randy Myers and Jimmy Holiday. It reached number four on the Hot 100 in August 69. As you know, in 1988, Annie Lennox and Al Green, they recorded their own version of this. And this was in what movie? Scrooged. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is one of the 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 very memorable scenes in Scrooged. This this particular version reached number nine in the U.S. on the Hot 100 in January 89. Although this is credited to Lennox. The song was actually produced by her Eurythmics partner, Dave Stewart. Pretty awesome. So, yeah. I have a question so, for you. Yeah. Is this song considered a Christmas song? You know, it's it's not originally a Christmas song, but the fact that they used it in Scrooged and okay. turned it into essentially a Christmas song, that's why I'm that's why I'm counting. Reason it. I bring this up because this is so close to a conversation I had with my wife since it's Halloween right now. Just got, got over Halloween last night. Yes. The song, what is it? Banana Boat by Harry Belafonte, right? Calypso. Okay. Yep. Happy yep. song. But she will forever think that it's a Halloween song because of the movie Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? Can, I can see. She thinks yeah, I can see the connection. Dead people dancing. And I'm like, okay. Because I play Jump in the Lion all the time. And I don't think of Beetlejuice, but she does. So so I was thinking, that, put a little love in your heart. When I first saw this, and I was like, oh, yeah, Scrooge. Mm, okay. Isn't that the beauty of putting music into movies, though? Is that you can you can turn a a song that may not be essentially associated with a holiday and all of a sudden they're associated with a holiday. Yep. All right. So what is your number eight? My number eight mistress for Christmas. ACDC came out in 1990. I had to pick a rocking song of some sorts because I don't know. There's just not many really good rocking songs, I guess that were Christmas. And so this was it because I do play it quite often. It gets stuck in my head quite often. And people seem to enjoy it. And one of the things that he wants for Christmas is to get a date with the woman in red, want to be in heaven with three in a bed. Yeah. Okay. Um, that That's what he wants for Christmas. Some people want more than that. And, and, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so how do, how do I interpret some of these lyrics? And, and, and I probably already know the answer to this, but... Uh, he says also in the lyrics, I can hear you coming down my smokestack. 
I want to ride on your reindeer, honey, and ring the bells. It's pretty awesome, right? Smokestack, I'm assuming that's a little bit of member talk here. Like I said, you can interpret it any way you want to, Ben. For me, uh, yes. I mean, you look back on it. Let me give you an example for ACDC especially. So I am about 25 years old. I'm DJing a school dance, and I played You Shook Me All Night Long. Right? You know, yeah. We all know that set, that ACDC song. Oh, absolutely. I had a parent yep. come up to me after the dance and threaten me with violence because I was I played a song that was inappropriate, and he brought that song up. He said, do you know what you shook me all night long really means? And when I thought about it in that instant, at the age of 25, it hit me for the first time like a brick on the head. It's just like, oh, yeah, I guess that is pretty inappropriate. But at the same time here, I was playing Naughty Girl by Beyonce. I was playing at some Eminem. Right. And he didn't complain about them. We all grow up with lyrics thinking they mean something until we're an adult and then it means something else. We're like, aha. You should have just said, you know, this is a socially conscious song. It's about shaken baby yeah. syndrome. Or making baby syndrome. I don't know how that <laughs> or, or or that. Uh, see, we're trying to keep all it right, clean. Uh, how we were we were trying. <laughs> we were trying. All right. Uh, let's go to my number seven. My number seven is by the Jackson Five. This is Santa Claus is coming to town. feel obligated to put a michael jackson song on any dance playlist and that's thanks to my wife's family they are all super michael jackson cool. fans so Love MJ. um yeah you know there's quite a number of songs off of this this particular jackson five christmas album that you could have put on this um you know you could have put mj's version of i saw mommy kissing santa claus and that's the one that I tend to be drawn to for Christmas for the Jackson five or the Michael Jackson. Do you ever get any requests from Jackson five for Christmas, Christmas uh, dances? Rarely. Okay. I usually pick all the songs during Christmas. People just kind of randomly come up with the requests and some are popular. Some aren't. I, I was listening to this again today Mm-hmm. And I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that they were trying to make a political statement during this. Ah, so so the lyrics are supposed to be he knows when you're awake, he knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. I mean, everybody knows everybody knows those lyrics. Mm-hmm. Michael doesn't say awake. Did you notice that he says that you're awake? No. Is this a political statement? Is he trying to say like a version of woke? 
He yeah, says I, that you're you're awake. You definitely like, read like, into this a lot more than I do. <laughs> uh yeah. Anyways, I think it's a political statement. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It might have been at the uh, time. It was done before I was born, I think. What year was it from? Um, I'm trying to remember. Give me a second. I could tell you. Um, I know they had a, a Christmas album. Yeah, the seventy. The Christmas album came out in seventy. Yeah. Because yeah. the movie was uh, what was it Santa Claus is coming to town. That there you go, and Mickey that was Rooney and quite a few other folks. That was the like the claymation or stop motion. What, what do we call oh, it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, Fred Astaire. Yeah, because that in 1970, that totally makes sense that Fred Astaire would be hanging out with the Jackson Five. Yeah, he was the narrator. Okay, of that. All right, interesting. But I am curious. The version. You chose the Jackson Five. Wait, uh, what, ver- was, what version would you have selected on that? Was it Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, yeah. His version was awesome. It's it's the one that gets stuck in my head, and probably played more. But that's okay. But can you dance to it? Yeah, you can. Oh, I think so. Okay. It is more of a rock side of things, but how he does his Santa Claus is coming to town, you know? Yeah, you know. Now that I'm now that now that you're saying, yeah, you can dance to it. So that that brings up a a, a memories. Um, <laughs> there was a there was a coworker who, um, you know, I I I trained as a as a project manager, and she got married. Her family is from Jersey, which. You know, Bruce Springsteen in Jersey, he's like, he's the king of New Jersey, right? Yeah, oh, totally. They must have played at her wedding uh, wedding reception at least a half a dozen Bruce songs where, <laughs> you know, my wife and I are looking at each other like, how do you dance to Rosalita? Oh, they, they, <laughs> they danced to Rosalita. Absolutely. Wasn't good dancing, but they danced to Rosalita. Hmm. So, all right. Tell me, tell me what your number seven song is. Number seven, Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Helms. Uh, song was from 57 it made even the, the popular charts I think it charted number 13 it just is one of those timeless class classics that gets played you're in you're out it's one of those songs for me when I play it even if it isn't the dance portion of the event I see people bobbing and kind of just dancing even if they're in their chairs swinging their arms and it's one of those songs that just it makes you move. There are some really bad versions of Jingle Bell Rock. That too. And I and I, and I look back at the the eighties. There was a there was a Daryl Hall and John Oates version of it, which is just horrible. Horrible. It's awful. And and 
I love Hall and Oates. Anyone who knows me knows me that Hall and Oates is one of my guilty pleasures. It's awful. There's also a couple country versions. If you heard the uh, <laughs> Rascal Flats version, oh no, not really, not not good. And there's a Blake. You're, you're making me cringe. And there's over here. There's a Blake Shelton version too. <laughs> Are you? Does he chew tobacco and spit? I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can That that would be some good lyrics. Jingle bell, jingle, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. Yeah. Um, there. So that's not. Those aren't even the worst versions of that song. Okay. Um. Go go look up. I would have to go through my list. Go 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 look up Kenny G's version. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> he, Did he really do it? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Go 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 check it out. Just do. A simple search in YouTube or Spotify, you will find Kenny G's version, and it is, it's, it's not good. All right, anything, anything else to talk about with uh, Jingle Bell Rock? I, not really. You got me looking it up, though. Did you know the Glee cast did it as yeah, well? What song didn't the Glee cast do? <laughs> True. Okay. Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff does a version. Wayne. Newton. Oh, the Wayne Newton version's got to be awful. Yeah, Jeremy Camp. He's a Christian singer. Okay. Randy Travis. Okay. Jeez. Maybe Cascada is good or Lindsey Sterling. Uh, Lindsey Sterling can. Yeah, I bet. Up. I bet Lindsey's version is pretty good. All right. Well, I, I, I guess I'm going to have you on next Christmas time. We'll do our best and worst versions of Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, awesome. we'll, we'll count that down. Or since we're doing the best danceable Christmas songs, we could do the worst my, Christmas songs my of all guess time. Of, well, that that episode <laughs> will be the least downloaded of any of my podcast episodes. <laughs> oh, no way. We rock it. They're going to want to hear more. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving Number on. Number six for you. Number six for me is Christmas Wrapping by the Waitresses. That's a good one. I say it was good because that was my number six, too. And I think we're on the same wavelength there. Fantastic. Uh, this is the new wave band, The Waitresses. You may know them for one of their other popular songs called I Know What Boys Like. Not me. Pretty much. That was pretty. <laughs> that was that was pretty much that song and this song are The Waitresses. Um, I did do a little research on this. Vocals were by Patty Donahue of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't last too long together as a as a band couple albums she actually died at the age of 40 of lung cancer ouch yeah so i supposedly heavy smoker most of her life and yeah didn't really have a whole lot of success on the u u.s charts but was big in the uk and i mean what what is the moral of the the song though 
because she goes through this whole list of how bad the year was and 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 whatnot, and yep. how she just wanted to have a quiet Christmas. I think one of my favorite lines is where she says "Bah humbug." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's kind of one of those negative Nancy songs, but it sounds like a happy song, you know? Right. Well, we'll we'll get to that when I get to my number one. In <laughs> fact, um, so I think I cool. think the moral of this song is: if you forget the cranberries, you will bump you will <laughs> bump into the person that you've been chasing all year long. Is that is that the moral of the song? I suppose okay, so. so. For all you single people, wait to get the cranberries until Christmas Eve. I I just like the rhythm and the melody of the song more than anything. Yeah, the, 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 the sax in it, the sax is, <laughs> the sax is great in it. I mean, it's no, yeah, it's no careless whisper. It's no careless whisper, but it's good, right? Sketchy gets in your head. All right. Definitely. So, so we are both in, both in agreement. Our number sixes are the waitresses with Christmas wrapping. Totally. All right. Okay. Well, let's move on to my number five. My number five is Run, Rudolph, Run. And I'm going to go with the original version, which is the Chuck Berry version. Mr. Berry. gotta love chuck berry gotta love this song and this version because this is another song that had quite a few versions there there are tons of versions of this uh when that happens when there's lots of versions of it you got to go back to the original version it's been covered by everybody and their dog that includes brian adams luke bryan ccr train hansen jimmy buffett leonard skinnard the worst version that's out there is there is a cover by Lemmy from Motorhead with Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top playing guitar. Dave Grohl is on it as well. Oh, wow. And and I always said that Dave could do no wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> he did wrong with this. The version is absolutely atrocious. And then, of course, to put on a really cheery Christmas rapping on this let me finish the song with merry christmas you mfers yeah so yeah so you're um, saying that version is worse than the hansen version yeah it is <laughs> actually the hansen version is not that bad okay i trust you so there's my number five run rudolph run you know it's 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 an older song first recorded by barry uh, this was released as a single on Chess Records, if that dates anything on this. Um, and it was released in 1958. It was written by Johnny Marks and Marvin Brody. Any idea who Johnny Marks is? I he don't is know. The same guy, 
He's the same guy who wrote the other song about a famous reindeer. He wrote Rudolph the, the Red-Nosed Red Ranger. Ah, yeah. All right, tell me what uh, tell me what your number five is. My number five was Sleigh Ride by the Ronettes, 1963. Again, another song that has about a thousand versions out there. I just really like this upbeat version. I think it's because it was on a record that I listened to when I was a kid. And reminded me of Grandma's. She always had a smile on her face when it would play. And it's just one of those happy songs. Again, you get the jingle bells in the background and I I don't know. I just again it's had to have this on there and this version is the one I like the best. This is a, this is a little bit of a sentimental pick then sounds like. Yeah. And maybe you don't think of people dancing on the dance floor to it, but people could get a conga line going to this, you know, it's a sleigh ride. Okay. And, and it, and it's definitely one of those songs that, um, the old people like, whether it's this, whether it's this version the Carpenter's version, the Andy Williams version, the Andy Johnny Williams, yeah. Mathis version. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, this has been covered by everybody and their dog as well. <laughs> um, again, yep. if you really, if you really want to hear a really bad version, go check out the Kenny G version of this one too. <laughs> I hear not, the village people have a version too. Oh, please, please, dear, <laughs> please, dear God, please Just tell kidding. me you're kidding. Um, no, the one and, thing I, I will add or conclude with on this. I've never played this song and seen anyone get upset or frown at me or do anything. Everybody always has a smile when this song is playing. It just it brightens up the mood. Do do you play do you play the 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 horse whinnying at the beginning? Oh totally. Okay. And the clop 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 clop. That yep. yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. They're they're actually probably smiling at you because they're like, oh, he probably heard this as a kid when his grandma played it. Maybe. Yeah. Well, now I didn't have the original red vinyl, the forty-five RPM. Okay. It was the seventy-eight, <laughs> old RCA. Gotta love it. Oh my gosh! But hey, Boston Pops Orchestra, backing that up. You gotta love gotcha. it. So that. Thank you, John yeah, Williams. That, that, definitely that definitely is old all right um anything else on sleigh ride no on to number four ben's number four my number four is stevie wonders what christmas means to me Where we go, choir singing carols right outside my 
What does Christmas mean to you? Uh, it means I don't have to work for a couple days. <laughs> that's that's really what it means. That's that's the that's, that's the best Christmas present that I could get is that I get a couple days off from work. You forgot about the F word. Uh, Family. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. You picked the best, the best version. This of This is the song. best version. I do like this song. It has been covered by a ton of artists as well. The ninety-eight degrees version, awful. CeeLo Green's version, awful. Yep. I do like a couple couple versions. Michael McDonald does a does a pretty decent job. Um, Paul Young, I do like his version as well. Again, I'm I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm fixated in late sixties right now. <laughs> I am watching the Vietnam um, the, the the Vietnam documentary by Ken Burns on on uh, Netflix. So maybe that has something to do with it right now. I don't know. This was recorded by Stevie Wonder in 1967. This was a Motown record. It was his eighth studio album release. And it would be re-released again as part of of Universal Music's Christmas edition with uh, some remasters. This actually reached number twenty four on um, on the the Billboard charts, and that was uh, back in uh, back in the late sixties. I like it. It's a it's a, it's a good song. I love Stevie Wonder. Um, actually, let me rephrase it. I like Stevie Wonder pre um i just called to say i love you okay yeah it's just to me it's an upbeat song it reminds me of isn't she lovely but like hit an homage to christmas you know he kind of put his little twist on it yeah so i just i love i love how upbeat it is and fun some of the other versions even were slowed down or just meant to be more ballady and this is so upbeat and fun so i don't disagree with this choice at all Great. Do do you ever get requests for this at your dances? No. <laughs> so so I keep picking all these songs. But that's okay. Uh, even of my other my songs, I don't think I get many requests for my top 10 either, so don't worry about it. It's okay. Okay. All right. So <laughs> so I'm wondering if you get any requests for your number 4 though. What's what's number 4? I, I have. I have. Number 4, I have uh Christmas in Hollis. Or as, as Run DMC will say, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, uh, to me, the, again, I will say this is one of my sentimental picks, Ben. Okay. Because I have a Christmas ornament that has a Santa DJ. And when you turn it on, this thing's battery operated. It not only lights up, but you can you can scratch the little record on the ornament. Nice. And it and it scratches wherever it's at. It's Christmas, and it goes wiggy wiggy wiggy. And when you when you scratch it, so this song, my kids enjoy it. Um, I have a DJ friend who just passed away. His name was George Hollis. Okay. And uh, every time I saw him around the holidays, this was the song I'd go to. And uh, at the same time, I had to have like some sort of hip hop representation uh, on this list. And this was the most popular song, I think, uh, that covers that. So.
my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog, oh my God, a ill reindeer. Now tell me this. You've heard this song before. You saw this on the list, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. This, is, uh, okay. this was the reason why I bought the compilation album, Very Merry Christmas. And yeah. we're gonna Wayne and I are gonna do an episode about that album. That album is fantastic. I mean, it is it is outside of Prince, Michael Jackson, and Lionel Richie. Like everybody from 1987 is pretty much accounted for in that in that album. Yeah. So and so the fun the funny well the funny thing I was gonna say about this track is that it actually does sample. Clarence Carter's Backdoor Santa. Nice. Now, as well as other tracks that are Christmas songs. But yeah, I had, it was really the first Christmas song that sampled other songs. It was the first one that kind of like used samples that I know of anyway. I'm now going to have to listen to that again just to try <laughs> and hear the Clarence samples. That's awesome. And then the only other thing uh, that drew me in, obviously, was when the, when the, this was, this came out in 87. So the video that they made for it back on MTV, it, it actually won uh, best video of the year from Rolling Stone that year, beating out Michael Jackson's "Bad." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I just I, I remember the video, remember the song from when I grew up. I didn't have the record. I think this is right in that age where I was going from cassette to CD. I'd already passed on records before I went back to them later in the nineties. But yeah, okay. Good, lot, lot of good stuff on that one. Huh? I'm, I'm now going to have to find the video for this and post this on our uh, Facebook page because I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I've ever seen the video. To be honest with you. Oh, uh, yeah, check it out. It's, it's just hip hop in the '80s. Run DMC. Totally, we'll, we'll take anybody back if they listen to music in that yeah, area. That work or era, I should that, say. Hello. That, that that works for me. All right. So moving on to my number three, my number three is Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight by the Ramones. Merry Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight with You had to throw something punk in there, didn't you? I really did, and and this was really post punk, yeah. Ramones, yep. I mean this this was more of a so commercial this soft Ramone thing, this, yeah. Right, this was on their 1989 release, which I think most most Ramone fans kind of um, separate themselves from. This was <laughs> from Brain Drain. That featured Pet Cemetery, which got a little bit of uh, airplay on the on the radio, radio. Yep. which I think most Ramones fans didn't like the fact that the Ramones were actually getting played on radio because I mean you know how you know how punk fans are. Yeah, the last song I believe in Miracles is sometimes played in concert by Pearl Jam. I have yet to hear that during a Pearl Jam concert, but uh, 
Eddie had contributed that cover to the Ramones tribute album. So he does play, I believe, in Miracles. And and who knew that the greatest Christmas message of all would come from the Ramones? Joey says, because Christmas ain't the time for breaking each other's heart. (laughs) Rest in peace, Joey Ramone. All right. What do you have to say about the the Ramones? Well... Nothing really about that, and honestly, I have not gone back to listen to that. I may have heard a blurb of it, uh, but one note about your Pearl Jam reference. Yes. Uh, I got to meet Eddie Vedder uh, about two years ago. I DJed a daddy-daughter dance at a little private club up in Bellevue, which is uh, the east side of the lake that separates Seattle from Microsoft, and... Uh, He's a member of the club. Him and his daughter were there dancing, and he had short hair. I didn't recognize him all night, but they danced, had a fun, had a fun time. And in the night, my client come up and tell, tells me who he is, and I went, I, I knew there was something weird about that guy. I was looking at him, thinking, God, I know this guy, but I couldn't make him out with his short hair. That's freaking Eddie Vedder. And he gave me, give me a guitar pick, and nice. said, "Great job tonight," and all that good stuff. And then he got bombarded by a bunch of other dads. So sure. That's, that's my Eddie Vedder story for you. Fantastic. <laughs> he, he, he is definitely on my, uh, on my list of people that I would love to just go hang out with, uh, for, for an evening. I bet he just has just a ton of really fun stories, but yeah. Well, I, a matter of fact, I gave that guitar pick to a good friend of mine named Jeff Merrill, who, uh, is really a big Pearl Jam fan, big Eddie Vedder fan. And plays bass and drums, and he's he's more of a band nerd, so to speak, than I am. So he, I, I'm sure he, he appreciated that because he actually plays a guitar, and I don't. Okay. So, yeah, good Excellent. stuff. Appreciate the story. All right, what's your uh, what's your number three? Number three for me is Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. And no, I did not mean to rhyme like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so. Party hop, mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. Later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some. Ca- uh, enough, enough said about it was what my note on this because this original version sold well over 25 million copies and. St- at least when I pulled the data, the fourth most digital downloads of any Christmas song of all time. Nice. Um, it's just a rockin' tree. I think most of us, again, we're talking about how music relates to movies. Um, a lot of us, at least me, I think of Home Alone. Um, Absolutely. The parents are gone, and he's just dancing and making it look like there's a party with a bunch of uh, cutouts and trains and move, you know, just movement in the house and uh this song was playing during that scene and so that's that's one that it takes takes me back to okay so you know we've already talked about the movie references and and how you uh can't separate those from those scenes from the the music itself so i I totally get that you had you had written in your notes that this was also written by johnny marks Oh yeah, John, Johnny makes a couple appearances on our on our list here. 
Yeah, it's easy. I made the note and I didn't even get the reference. Yeah. So that guy is really into his Christmas songs. He really huh? loves his Christmas. <laughs> Did he do any non-Christmas songs that were popular? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, was he just in the reindeer and Christmas I, trees? <laughs> I had no idea who Johnny Marks was before this episode. So sounds okay. sounds like we need to do a uh, deep dive on Johnny Marks songs now. Yeah, a post podcast uh, schooling of, and, our, of and sorts. And that is that is Marks spelled M A R K S, not M A R X, like Richard X, yeah. Richard Marks, because Richard Marks sucks. Yeah, and so does Carl too, according to some yeah, people. Yeah, Carl Mark sucks too. <laughs> uh, one th- on to number two for on, Ben. On to number two. Oh, going back to Brenda Lee. So, uh, oh yeah, totally. So this was this. So I've been doing some research for a um, a future episode, and mm-hmm. there is a Brenda Lee song called "Is It True?" Okay, uh, and that was recorded in the you know mid mid sixties. The guitarist on that, Jimmy Page. Oh wow! Yeah, that this was like that was Jimmy pre Page. Led Zeppelin. That was pre that was pre Yardbirds. Pre Yardbirds, Jimmy even Page. Jimmy Page. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. So, all right, on to my number two. This is "Fairy Tale of New York" by the Pogues and Kirsty McCall. This song comes from um, late 80s, uh, 87, 88, I believe it was. Originally released, actually, maybe I should just look at my liner notes here. Uh, It was originally released as a single in November of 87. This was on the Pogues 88 album which is entitled If I Should Fall from Grace with God. This was originally uh, started as a kind of a, kind of a dare by Elvis Costello. Elvis, Elvis was actually the Pogues producer at the time, and he basically said he didn't think the band would be able to write a Christmas hits, hit single, so they, they said, game on. Part of this video was actually filmed inside a real police station in the Lower East Side of New York. Matt Dale, uh, Matt Dillon plays a police officer who actually arrests McGowan, takes him to the cells. Uh, Dillon recalled that he'd been afraid to handle his friend roughly and had to be ordered by McGowan to use force. He was, he was just coming off that movie. So I, I was pre-movie, pre-singles. That would have been that would have been pre singles Matt Dillon, pre Citizen Dick Matt Dillon. Yeah. The chorus of this song includes the line, "The boys of the NYPD choir are singing Galway Bay." 
in reality, the New York City Police Department does not have a choir. <laughs> kind of an interesting, interesting song. This uh, is a number one, I, another one that was, it was big in the UK, but not as big here, even though it was talking about New York. Is that, is that right? Big, correct. Big, big in the UK, didn't do much over here. Fairy Tale of New York has been cited as the best Christmas song of all time in a number of different polls in the UK and Ireland. This does get a little bit of um, negative press because uh, they they do use a, a derogative term for uh, a homosexual in it. And I don't know. There is something about this song. I I, I love that it's a little bit of a slow burn and then you, you throw in the Celtic stuff going on. Look, I, I love a good male-female duet, and McGowan and Kirsty McCall just really blend blend nicely on this. So I've always loved this song. This uh if if the number if my number one song wasn't just so blatantly obvious for my number one, um, this would definitely be 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 my number one. Yeah, but cool. Just 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 barely Barely missed. Well, you are. Were you all at all familiar with this song before I threw this on my list? To- totally. And I, I actually had a note. I don't know if it was on your notes. I'm trying- oh yeah, it is. You didn't bring it up, but I wanted to make sure we brought it up on the podcast here. Okay. Um, that that the original the the producer uh, for the Pogues at the time this song came into concept with these this group of people. Do you know who the producer was for the Pogues? Yeah, I think I brought that up. Elvis Costello. Oh, you did. Elvis yeah. Costello. Yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. part drew, like made me kind of like cringe because I was like, "What's he doing over there with with them?" But like, yeah, just it, it kind of blew my mind that they didn't know who to give credit to, and whether it was him or the manager of the Pogues or whatever. I yep. saw that little blurb about this song, and I was like, "Oh, that's got to be brought up." So if I miss that, I apologize. No, no worries at all. All right, so so don't spoiler alert for my number one, but tell me what your number two is. Yeah, well, wait, I can't do that, can I? Oh, actually, I just spoiled it alert, didn't I? You just spoiled it. You spoil it like by saying <laughs> it like that. My number two is your number one, so let's just get right into your number one. Let's do it. All right, so it's uh, it's Wham! Last Christmas. Yeah, totally. Gotta love it. Song that gets stuck in your head, song that makes you move. Again, it's one of those Christmas songs to me that has that constant, whether it's Jingle Bells or just that that beat, that four on the floor, double times. Um, people people dig that. 
Yep. I and I'm I'm going to assume that this gets played a lot at your Christmas parties. Maybe, maybe. it's on the top of my most popular list, and it gets it does get played quite so a bit. Do you do you every every Christmas event I do it gets played? Let's just yeah, put it do that you way. Play, do you play <laughs> the original version or do you? Oh, totally. Okay, so you're not you're not playing one of the really bad versions that exists out there. I don't think they're well. I mean, as long as it's the Wham version. So the, did they do different versions themselves? No. Or are you talking about no, covers? No, I'm talking about the the really bad covers that that exist. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, I think a female did it a couple years ago, and it's not bad because it's kind of a cookie cutter. They didn't take away from the original. Are you talking about? Just, uh, trying to think of who it was. Please tell me you're not thinking the Taylor Swift version because that's no. That's I, awful. I hope not. Or are you ta- yeah, I hope not. Or are you talking about the Carly Ray Jepsen version? It might be Carly Ray. Yeah, that one's that one's actually not bad. It's just not good. It's, yeah. it's not the original, but it was true to at least the original tempo and melody and, and chord structure and the whole nine. Like that's why I was like, okay, I, I can appreciate it. They just put a female voice on it essentially, but Yeah, and it, it's still not wham. It's it's not it's not George Michael. No, it is not. So the the one question that I've got is considering that George Michael, you know, passed away recently, yeah. do, do you ever get do you ever get requests when you DJ for any kind of George Michael songs or is that kind of is that kind of old old hat? No, and as a matter of fact, when people die I get more requests um for them in their death, postpartum. Um, when Michael Jackson died, I got more Michael Jackson requests this year. Uh, I've, I've played a lot of Chris Cornell, which I normally don't play a lot of Chris Cornell. Okay. Um, at events because just because it's, he's got brought into the spotlight, but definitely wham. I've been playing a lot of, a lot of George Michael, um, from faith to careless whisper. I mean, I hardly ever played them. Yeah. At events, only when requested because they aren't really popular songs or popular songs to dance to. But now, in death, I think people like they know they'll never get them live again. So let's hear it now, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Everything she wants, you know. <laughs> people like good, good one request too. That one. that song. Uh, Faith is probably the most popular one I get from okay. George Michael um, or Wham. Wake me up if you if you go back to that those are the two most popular and of course here i go thinking about movies again uh it's the, the model movie zoolander yeah right. <laughs> the gasoline scene yeah. come on um it's just it, those songs are i think the most popular uh, they appeal to a wide variety of people so sometimes i, I when people request songs i'm kind of like i turn my head sideways and look at them like Really, I would have thought you'd be way over here. So they come out of left field sometimes, right. but so so uh, so we're now up to your number one. And, and that, like, by no means is this not this is not my favorite song, but it is it is the most popular song, and at least uh, here in the Northwest, in the United States, it's uh, it is the most requested one. It is the even just looking at notes, I do believe it's sold more copies than any other Christmas song, etc., uh, etc. Et it's been it's been copied by Justin Bieber and then some. Uh, I don't know. 
Uh, it's Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. speechless because i hate this song so much <laughs> exactly it's just it's one of those ones that's annoying when you it, hear it, it twenty thousand really times is. there there is just it, something about this song that just is like kind of like fingernails on a chalkboard to me and <laughs> and it and it and i don't think that it ever i don't i don't think when it first came out i had that opinion I think I had the eh, opinion yep. when it first came out. I, I agree. And then, and then considering that they have played this song now for 25 years and any time that you listen to one of those stations that, you know, th- that are doing the, we're, we're only playing Christmas music until, you know, Valentine's day. This is, this is one of those songs that they play like every hour on the hour. It feels like it, it, it is what they might call an overplayed song, but that's why I guess it's timeless. Now, 25 years later, we can play it and go, yeah, this is like the only song I, I, I think only Christmas song in the last 25 years that sticks when you throw it at a wall, you know? And I, and I know that you're, you know, as a DJ, you're supposed to be professional, but when people come up and ask you to play this song, <laughs> I, I probably roll my eyes sometimes, but I go, okay, okay. whatever, you know, here we go again. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, do you have any, yeah, I just, I, I'm curious, uh, now, you know, of all these songs we discussed, what, guess which one's in my head? Um, your your number one, my number two is in my head. Well, it's, well, just, it's stuck in there. Yeah. So so spoiler alert for anyone else who may have last Christmas stuck in their head. <laughs> we 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 will be putting out a uh, uh, an episode of the best and worst versions of Last Christmas, and cool. and I guarantee that after you listen to that episode, you'll probably never want to listen to last Christmas again. Yeah. You, even, even the, uh, the original by wham, huh? E- even the original by wham. I think that, that, that there, <laughs> there are going to be some artists. So we're going to have the, the nice list and the naughty list. Some of the, some of the artists that are going to be on the naughty list. Oh, they absolutely deserve some spankings. So <laughs> there are, there are some people that feel that way. Uh, the way you do about all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. <laughs> about last Christmas. Yeah. And then there's vice versa. Right. There are some people that, you know what I mean? It's just, it's weird. Music tastes amongst the, the masses is, is interesting to me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So I, 
solid list. I th- I think that uh, between our songs, um, you could have a pretty pretty good Christmas party. Am I, yeah. am I right? No, definitely. And I, I wanted to ask, did you uh, have any honorable mentions? You know, I I didn't. But I think you had a couple. Yeah, I just I, a few that I wrote down because, again, these were songs on another list I made. Um, songs that get stuck in my head. Christmas songs that get stuck in my head list. Okay. And Burl Ives, Holly Jolly Christmas. Yeah. That darn Feliz Navidad song. Jose Feliciano was the, the original on that. Winter Wonderland, the Rosemary Clooney version. Little Saint Nick by the Beastie Boys. Or not the Beastie Boys. The Beach Boys, sorry. As a matter of fact, the Beastie Boys might make that song awesome if they did it. Yeah. Uh, Little Saint Nick. <laughs> the Chipmunk song. I had to throw the Chipmunks in there because I had the record as a kid. And I just, I love that song. Christmas, Christmas time is here. You know, I. Time for fun, time for cheer. Yeah, I, I still like, I still like that song. I still like that song. Right? Yeah. And then all I want for Christmas, my two front teeth. They did too. So okay, gotta gotta love those guys, the Chipmunks, right? Yeah, yeah, those are good. There are a couple that I would consider honorable mentions that I didn't put on here, mostly because we were going with the Christmas party dance songs. Yep, yep. Um, so there's there's a number of of slower slower songs that are out there that uh, that that I always love. Um, one of my favorite Christmas songs is. Uh, is two thousand miles by the Pretenders? Oh yeah, um, that that's that's one of my go tos for for Christmas time. And my my favorite all time Christmas song is the uh, Peace on Earth and Little Drummer Boy little mashup that Bing Crosby and David Bowie do. Oh wow, that uh, that, that one gets me every time. I want to get I want to give that one a listen. Hey, those sure beat Grandma. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer, don't they? Uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that would never make any of my lists. Well, we got to throw Perry Como in there. Do you hear what I hear? No, no, we do not. <laughs> we do. Cause that we, takes me back to the movie gremlins when they're, they're just going crazy. You're, you're again, throwing out the movie references again. I have to, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you joining me uh, on uh, this episode. If you want to, if people want to book you to DJ their Christmas party or their wedding or corporate events, where can people find you? Uh, Google DJ Adam in Seattle or just go to my website, adamsdjservice.com. Fantastic. And uh, as a reminder, find all of our playlists on Spotify. Find this playlist and other records revisited playlists under my name, Ben Montgomery. As I made mention, all of the songs on this, with the exception of your horrible Rain Doll song, are on the, are on that playlist. Um, and so, if you're looking to have a have a Christmas party uh, with uh, with some danceable stuff, there you go. Um, find me on find me on Spotify. Yeah, and if you're in the mood for a really good uh, closer, you gotta you gotta throw on "You're a Mean One, Mister Grinch." Yeah, by Thurl Ravenscroft. Well, that you're a mean one, Mister Grinch. I think you've listened to that song way too many times. <laughs> you do that. You do that. Well, you do that really well. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure revisiting with you, Adam. Well, thank you, Ben. Once again, I appreciate uh, everything. Uh, the opportunity to really, I think you've challenged me. You got me thinking uh, really on a deep level about Christmas music and how I put together Christmas lists and 
of course, every time I get requests for these songs, I will think of this podcast. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, my friend, for coming on. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a t-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Visit a record store. And not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. Out. <laughs>